Kia from your Every Nation Southside family here in Papatoitoi, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. Yeah. Um, in these last past weeks, you know, um, yeah, I've, I've really been challenged by, by the word and I hope you have as well, especially for the beginning of the year. As a, you know, so hopefully they, they have been uh, relevant for you. And even today, um, I'm hoping that uh, this one will be relevant to you as well. You know, which um, just brings me to a uh, scripture that I'd like to bring your attention to. Uh, this is, this is going to be a key verse that we're going to look at today. Okay, and it's taken from uh, Genesis chapter 16, uh, verse 13. Okay, so Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. Now, you'll just have to hear me out here um, as, oh, it's, as I say, so Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For Hagar said, I have now seen the one who looks after me. You know, this is a, we're, we're on to, this is week three, week three of our series called Awesome God. And, you know, we're examining the, the awesomeness of God through, you know, just some of the different encounters uh, that men and women had with him throughout the Bible. And in each story that we look at, and we've looked at a few in the past few weeks, there, you know, there are particular uh, names of God that demonstrate certain you know, attributes of God and captures a piece of what God revealed, you know, about himself in the moment of each story that we look at. And the name of God I want us to focus on today is El Roy. In English, in our translation, the God who sees me. So El Roy, the God who sees me. Today I'm going to share a brief, very brief word, and then... At the end, I am actually going to get you back into those groups, okay? And I'll be getting you to share with each other and just, you know, have some discussion questions um, up on behind me at the end. Our aim to do church this way is just to, you know, create some discussion amongst each other rather than just hearing this one voice for once, okay? So if you're a visitor here today, uh, this isn't our usual way of, of how we do things, but, you know... Um, I hope you get to enjoy coming as a visitor, just meeting um, some people. Uh, the passage of scripture before us, you know, as I read, it gives us a story about a woman whose life was pretty much empty, uh, which you'll see through today's Bible story. And the woman that I'm referring to, which, you know, we, we read is, her name is Hagar. Now, the background to the story is, you know, Hagar was this uh, servant, maid servant girl, servant girl to the well-known couple Abraham and Sarah. And at this time, they're known as Abraham and Sarai, but I'll, I'll just use Abraham and Sarah just, just for the sake of it. Now, Abraham and Sarah, they were childless at, the, at this time, and they couldn't conceive their own children. Yet, God had promised Abraham, you know, they would one day have a child. However, you know, Abraham and Sarah, man, they pretty much became impatient, okay, impatient, and so what did they do? They decided to use Hagar, the servant girl, as a surrogate to have a child with Abraham. Now, Hagar was Sarah's, you know, maidservant, and in those times, 
if a wife could not get pregnant, right, she could legally have children through using her maidservant. And so Sarah, by doing this, she was hoping that Hagar, you know, would get pregnant and give her a child. So long story short, however, after, you know, Hagar, she does become pregnant. And she gets pregnant, but <laughs> she, you know, she is now pregnant, a maidservant, a slave girl, a servant girl to, you know, to the one that owns her. But now she's pregnant with, you would consider, could be possible, is the next heir to this family. And so, after this, you can imagine, well, Hagar, she has a bit of an attitude now. Because, like, yeah, <laughs> it's, um, you know, I'm not just a slave girl anymore. You know, I'm part of the family now. You know, and so she has a bit of an attitude. And with that, you can imagine Sarah. Sarah was very angry. She wasn't happy with it. Um, became, she be, and, she, and with that, she began to just treat Hagar in a bad way. I mean, she was the boss, right? And throughout that time of being mistreated, Hagar, you know, couldn't take any more of it. And so what does she do? She runs away. She runs away, goes on the run, and she ends up in the, in the desert, the wilderness. Now, in this wilderness time of her life, she's confused and she's, you know, there's no protection over her in the wilderness. And, you know, Hagar, she, at that time, she starts to cry out to God. It was here that God showed himself to Hagar. Now, this encounter with God in the wilderness was the reason why she called God Al-Royi, the God who sees me. Now, if you want to read the story in its entirety, okay, it's, it's found in Genesis 16, uh, verses 1 to 14. Um, I mean, there's so much richness in the story, and where I'm just, I'm just diving into a very little snippet of the story Okay, so you make sure you go away, you get to read, um, see what else God can show you through such amazing scripture in this chapter. So, now, when we look at this verse in uh, Genesis 16, verse 13, we learn that Hagar calls the name of the Lord who spoke to her, Al-Royi, the God who sees me. Now, Hagar was... You've got to remember, or maybe you know, you're learning for the first time, Hagar was a non-Jewish slave woman. Uh, this meant that she carried you know, just many layers of shame. Uh, she was second class and was considered property to be owned by someone else. Uh, yet God appeared and spoke personally to her. And when God revealed himself to Hagar, Man, he wasn't wondering who she was. God knew exactly who she was and every single thing that had ever happened to her. God knew her shame. God knew her fears and insecurities and her love for, you know, at the time, her unborn child. God saw everything, even beyond the surface. And this is what was meant by the God who sees. See, what was... I guess, what was it that the slave girl, Hagar, saw that she became so confident in the God who sees? See, some of you, I mean, you know, when I think of that little term, the God who sees, okay, I don't know about you, but 
you know, when I think, man, think of it that way, it sounds a bit, I don't know, scary or just weird having Jesus watching me 24-7. I mean, look at this image. Would you have this frame in your living room? <laughs> Some of you are laughing. Actually, we do have that in our living room. <laughs> that's what that, hey, that's me, man. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's all good. But when I see this, those words right there, Jesus is watching, I mean, <laughs> that's what I see when I see that picture. Um, if I would walk down my hallway at the house. And, you know, I don't know, would you have this framed and put in your living room with a sentence like this written on it? Yeah, for me, yeah, I don't think so. But to be honest, what is it like? What, what is it like to live under, you know, the, the gaze of a loving heavenly father? Truly. I mean, there are so many verses that can teach us about the God who sees. A couple of verses, Psalms uh, 33. This is what it says. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He forms the hearts of all and considers everything they do. Wow. Let me say that El Royi, the God who sees, man, does not mean that God just sits there in heaven, right? Just watching. Like us when we sit in front of a screen watching a movie. God goes further than that. God sees and he acts on what he sees. He jumps in and he gets involved. Another verse, very short verse here, Matthew 6, 6. It says, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What will God reward us with? Well, he rewards us with his presence and pleasure. Do you realize that Hagar found God's presence and pleasure during a, an incredibly hard time of your life? Yes, yet finally, turning to God while in the wilderness time of your life, right? Maybe hitting rock bottom, who knows? Um, man, God intervened. And what does she realize? She realized that her heavenly father was always there watching her. Al Royi, the God who sees me. In this next part, this last part of this verse, um, of our key verse, Hagar, she says this, I have now seen the one who looks after me. Hagar described God as the one who looks after me. God did, did not just see her and know her. Man, he, he took care of her needs. He revealed himself to her and spoke to her. He was compassionate and loving all through the hardships you know, of her life. Although she was, man, she was not one of the, the people of God. You know, she, she wasn't one of the Jews, but if you read about her life, the Bible tells how God extended his promise to her and her descendants and promised just to look after her. 
Not only does God see and know you from the inside out, but he acts. He acts on your behalf with the deepest compassion, the deepest tenderness and love. I mean, how have you experienced God's presence and pleasure in your life? You know, um, my, my two sons, Maya and Joey, they just actually started uh, school this past week. And uh, for you that all know, we've homeschooled, you know, almost our whole life with them. And they've gone to high school now. They started, started high school. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been very different. Uh, I think Ween, Rowena, you know, she shared a little um, about some of you already know because when your, your kids have been in since little we're experiencing this experience first time ever with the uniforms and gadgets and all these sort of things and money just gets keeps going you know um and it's just different and our season has changed and now you know with our boys being at high school and so god you know he, he saw everything but this week, I've been dropping them off to school in the morning, getting them there. And, you know, I, I dropped them, um, first time experience, dropping them there. And they'll just hop out of the car. Yeah, see you later, Dad. Love you. We're off now. And then they'd go. And I'd hear them talking. And then it'll just get further and further away, you know, as they talk. And then I'm thinking to myself, every, you know, all those mornings, I get, man, God, man, I hope they're all right. <laughs> I hope they're, you know, going into the lion's den. I don't know. I don't know what to expect, man. You know, but I hope they're okay. And then the the last, I think it was Friday, I, same thing happened. You know, I heard them walking off and the, the, their voices drifting away, walking into the gates. And I was going, man, man, I hope they're okay. And then I just felt it was God say this to me. I see them. You know, I see them. And that's all he said. And I got it. And I, I don't know if you're a parent and you experience that kind of feeling and, and it has been for me for the very sort of first time of doing it this way with, with my boys. But when I felt God say, I see them, it was in that moment that I was reminded of being in God's presence and how much pleasure it brought me to trust him because he sees now, things like that. I mean, this may seem to you such a small thing, but to me, man, it was huge. <laughs> but I was blessed. But I've had other moments where my wilderness walking might have been similar to some of you in here. Um, I've had times of financial strain and press, uh, pressure. You know, bills. Bills are due, and you just don't have enough money. You know, that always feels like a never-ending walk in the wilderness, right? I felt the weight of having to make big life decisions to, to shape a way for my family, like many of you. And sometimes making those decisions have felt, you know, so uncertain, but you just step out in faith and you just trust the God who sees me. I've had sleepless nights worrying about things that are just out of my control. You know, the strain and the pressure uh, it brings on you, you know, when you have moments like this. Um, 
even thinking and just praying for, for friends and family, you know, that, that don't have a relationship with Christ, always hoping that they will one day, you know, like Hagar, who, who had it rough, but like her, eventually find a relationship in the Heavenly Father like she did. I have now seen the one who looks after me. So, as I end here, I'm going to ask you one question, okay? Uh, or two questions, actually. And I'd love for you to just go back into your groups that you're sitting around uh, to just discuss. Discuss this question with each other. Go ahead and, and, and you know, hopefully you'll be able to share what, what's on your heart um, as well. But this is the first part of the question. Um, have you ever been in a wilderness situation where you felt God was far away? And if so, I want you to share amongst your group, okay? Share how you felt at the time. Uh, be honest if you can. Um, be appropriate, please, in your sharing. And where are you with that wilderness situation today, okay? I mean, has it passed where you can say God saw you through that time? And if so, then the next part is, how did God show himself to be the Al Royi for the situation? Okay, so two questions. So have you ever been in a wilderness situation where you felt God was so far away? Some of you can quickly think right now, yeah, like yesterday, <laughs> or yep, about a month ago, or a year ago. And how did God show himself strong? Okay, how did he show himself strong to be the Al Royi for that situation? Okay, and if it hasn't passed, you might be in that wilderness situation today, right now, and that's okay. Uh, so many times we, as Christians, think we have to represent ourselves as strong and mighty, you know, but we are also human, and I'm happy to be sitting around humans and not aliens that that are faking it <laughs> and pretending to be stormtroopers and trying to do all the same stuff uh, going off course here. But uh, if it hasn't, maybe it's a time like this that God wants to, you know, speak so you can hear. Just like when Hagar finally heard God's voice and realized God was always there in her midst and with that revelation, man, she was able to say, you are the God who sees me. I have now seen the one who looks after me. Isn't that great? How about you just break up into those groups? We'll just play a little bit of music.